welcome to another episode of The Bonfires of Social Enterprise. This is Rami, and I'm your host for this show. We had a little gap in our postings there. Sorry about that. Sometimes I'm doing too many things and it catches up with me. Well, we've got a great guest on our episode today from Virginia. Shout out to our listeners in Virginia. Thank you so much for tuning in all the time. Hamilton Perkins is the founder of a business called Hamilton Perkins. Hamilton and his team are working with Thread International to make bags and other accessories from some of the recycled plastics in Haiti. He's had a very interesting story, and so be sure to listen to that, and then make sure you stay tuned for a great Detroit artist group called The Infatuations at the end of this episode. You're going to feel like you've been transported back in time with their great song. Okay, let's first check out our fun fuel. This is Natalie Hazen, and I am bringing you the fun fuel for this episode. The popularity of recycling has had its share of bumps and bruises over the years, but who or what started this idea of recycling? Many give credit of first recycling to none other than Mr. T-Rex and his dinosaur buddies, Mr. Stegosaurus and Miss Triceratops, for decomposing and then producing various oils and gases. Way to go, dinos! But really, in 500 BC, it was Athens, Greece, who organized the first municipal dump program in the Western world. In an article written by Matt Bradbury in May of 2014 for the Resource Center powered by Bush Systems, he states that Athens' local laws dictated that waste had to be disposed of at least one mile from the city walls. Quite a hike. But for the United States, it was the year 1690 that the recycled paper manufacturing process was introduced. The Rittenhouse Mill near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania made paper from fiber derived from recycled cotton and linen rags. Well, that wraps up our fun fuel. So now on to the episode. Natalie, what a fun connection to the history of dinosaurs. I love it. Okay, let's jump into my conversation with Hamilton. Hamilton, welcome to the Bonfires of Social Enterprise podcast show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be here. Now, we're on the phone together. I'm in Detroit, and you're calling from, is it Norfolk, Virginia? That's where you're in? I sure am. I'm calling you from Norfolk, Virginia. It's a fairly sunny day here. We've got, you know, I'm looking at, you know, like the sun kind of shining through our showroom windows here. Uh, we're downtown, and, uh, you know, we're... We're kind of, you know, working on a, on a project with these bags. So it, it's, uh, it's a good day here in Virginia. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the Hamilton Perkins collection. We know already that, that you're the founder and um, you're the sort of visionary. So it's named after you. Can you tell us about uh, the business? Yeah. So we make bags out of recycled plastic bottles and recycled billboard vinyls. So Every bag is different. Every bag is unique. We source the plastic out of Haiti, and we also cut and sew the bags in Haiti as well. Uh, we started with a Kickstarter campaign uh, a little bit over nine months ago. Uh, had a $10,000 goal. We hit the goal in about a week. We had a couple hundred orders that needed to be sent out and had about a six-month lead time. So uh, it took some time, and we hit the 
business plan competition circuit. Uh, we were able to uh, take home the grand prize of $25,000 at the Virginia Velocity Tour. Uh, from there, we did a trunk show at Bloomingdale's. Uh, we hosted uh, a one-day sales event in New York at the 59th Street location and uh, came back to Virginia and shipped out, you know, hundreds of orders to our, our you know, first set of customers and, you know, turned our own website on after that at HamiltonPerkins.com. Oh, yeah. And thanks for, uh, it's always great to give a shout out for those who uh, kind of helped you with the steps along the way. Was it the Virginia Velocity Tour and Kickstarter as two I just uh, wrote down? That's great to let them know because those programs are essential to a lot of the startup entrepreneurs, aren't they? Yeah, totally. I I think, you know, for us, like our situation was like, we wanted to make a better bag. So, you know, we figured, you know, there were wasn't as much uh, selection, I guess, uh, if you think about like department stores or online stores when it comes to like uh, a bag that kind of had impact or a bag that, you know, had a purpose. And, uh, you know, by kind of collaborating and working with different organizations, other uh, websites that had, you know, larger audiences, and we were able to figure out, okay, we can, you know, kind of get this in front of people that are already, you know, kind of looking for what we're making. And, you know, from there, it would make more sense to uh, eventually, you know, see how can we expand uh, our line and, you know, get people that can help us with that, uh, that have technical uh, experience and, you know, basically are more subject matter experts. So, uh, you know, Virginia Velocity Tour was great because it brought a lot of, you know, really seasoned uh, business people together, uh, entrepreneurs together, mentors together, and uh, really concentrated the effort so that we could, uh, you know, basically tell our story, you know, get feedback, uh, you know, kind of, you know, run through some rigorous, uh, you, know, you know, kind of steps to, you know, actually pitch our businesses. And, uh, you know, it was really just a great turnout. We made great relationships from there. And, you know, we're, we're still moving ahead from now. Well, that's powerful. Well, thanks to them. And you just hit on so many of the things that so many of the entrepreneurs in the social space have to kind of walk through all those doorways. But those relationships, if done well, really can serve you during the life cycle of your business. So it's great you gave them a shout out. So let's go back to you. Um, I In the beginning, you said you uh, are making making the bags and sourcing the materials from Haiti. I have a feeling that has something to do with the original how this was all originally inspired can you take us there what's going on your through your connection with haiti yeah totally so in the beginning the idea was how could we make you know a better bag and you know the majority of the bags there just wasn't like as much uh i guess transparency around like how they were made and who worked on them and kind of, you know, what was happening, like where the materials were coming from. So, you know, we thought it would be great to tell that story, uh, you know, actually empower people uh, that are traveling while still supporting dignified income opportunities uh, with the same product. So uh, there were a lot of like forces that were happening. I mean, my, my background coming into this, uh, you know, I worked in banking, so I was a, uh, worked in investment management. Uh, I got my MBA uh, around 2014, basically was, you know, sitting in class and kind of thinking about like, you know, how can like all these different forces be happening as far as, uh, you know, billions of plastic bottles are being thrown away every year and, 
uh, also at the same time, you know, vinyl from billboard advertising was basically being thrown away because the industry was growing. So, you know, it just made more sense for us to, you know, figure out a way that we could uh, combine those two elements that were usually a problem and then at the end of the day, make a new product uh, all together from scratch. And who's we? Yeah, so right now we have a small team. It's a team of four. We have two full-timers, two interns. Um, in the beginning, it was, you know, really like myself, my wife, um, and basically, uh, you know, that was it. You know, like now we're actually expanding, so we have, uh, you know, some help in different areas to give us, uh, you know, a little bit of relief. But, you know, we're basically you know, still very lean, you know, still kind of getting things going. And, um, you know, from there, it's just, uh, it's just been like building, building the team. Well, that's great. That's great. So how did you connect in with Haiti then? Yeah, so uh, we got connected to Haiti through our partnership with Thread International. So Thread International is a certified B corporation. And what they do is they go to some of the poorest countries in the world and they basically help, uh, you know, create jobs through uh, buying plastic. So uh, it starts basically uh, on uh, the landfill level. So uh, one of the largest landfills in the Caribbean, the Trusant landfill, uh, is basically like the first mile of the supply chain. And, you know, from there, you're able to basically create entrepreneurship right there on the spot because you have so many different families that come from basically all over from all types of backgrounds but they're able to sell plastic and they can earn uh, gourd which is the Haitian currency and then from there they can immediately like go buy soup or you know they can go provide for their families and then from there you know the plastic is processed at a local recycling center recycling centers then are able to sell that to thread and then thread is basically packaging it into a yarn the yarn is processed in the states the states uh from there they're basically selling it to us and then we cut and sell it with our billboard vinyl so our billboard vinyl we source that locally and we source it out of haiti so after a, an advertisement is kind of done running um it'll go out of service you know and there's tens of thousands of uh outdoor advertisements that are going up basically every year. So, you know, we figured that it'd be better to repurpose them or upcycle them and then make a creative and unique product that basically won't be the same as the very next product. So we were able to combine that. Then we sent it back to Haiti so that it could be cut and sewn at our factory. So our factory is, you know, not too far from Port-au-Prince. And basically it started with about 20 employees and you know, now they've grown to over 100 employees. So uh, I think they still have expansion uh, goals. So they'll probably expand another 20%. So uh, we recently just got back from Haiti and, uh, you know, had a chance to kind of walk the full, uh, you know, kind of supply chain from uh, the first mile to uh, the cut and sew factory. And then, you know, after that, it comes back here to us in the States. And then when customers go to our website, HamiltonPerkins.com, then we ship it to them directly to their door. Wow. Thanks for walking us through that. So we have so many questions that come in about <laughs> supply chain when you're trying to address fair trade and create jobs in other parts of the country and the world. I think sometimes 
folks get a little too hung up on, on, on where are the jobs being created. I have one of these philosophies of like, if you can help somebody be self-sustainable with their family by giving them a way to make an income, I think sometimes we got to just understand that whether it's here or somewhere else, it's good, you know, like it's, it's totally. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, it, I mean, it's, it's one of the, it is the poorest country in the Western hemisphere. And so by making an impact there, you know, the thought process is, can't we make a, an, an impact overall quicker? Because it's going to be hard to sort of incrementally make impact in places where, you know, things are already going well, you know, it's just kind of like, my whole career has kind of been like centered around that. Like I always found like kind of, you know, the biggest problems, even when I worked in corporate America, like you know, I was always trying to get the project that, you know, basically had, you know, the most potential upside. So, you know, we feel, you know, good about what uh, is happening and, you know, we, we really are, uh, you know, invested and, you know, look forward to continuing to invest more. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. The most potential upside, having come out of the investment field that, that resonates with me and with this kind of work we're all doing. That's so great that you put it that way. Let's stay lingering on the social piece for a minute before we uh, go back over to the bags and the products themselves. Uh, what kinds of things, Hamilton, are you noticing from a social impact? Because uh, people loosely use this word impact all over the place now. It's sort of the new buzzword. So I know um, we've talked about we've got some job creation going on both locally and in Haiti. What kinds of things, let's go back to Haiti for one more minute. What kinds of things are you noticing when you visit Haiti that um, maybe even surprised you a little bit or, or a pleasant outcome from you using the you said mile one where you're gathering the gathering the materials all the way to the factory there what are some of the observations you've noticed just from a social impact side you know i think kind of working with the team over at thread has been you know pretty eye-opening i mean i i got a chance to kind of connect with one of the field managers down in haiti his name's richardson and uh you know he really just like kind of shared these like stories with me about like you know, just the impact that's happening, like, on the landfills, and just basically, like, the opportunity, because, I mean, it's really, you know, it's just really tough. I mean, with, like, unemployment being, you know, such a high number in Haiti compared to the U.S., like, I don't know the exact stat, but don't don't quote me. I want to say it may be closer to, like, two-thirds of the population, maybe, uh, with unemployment. So, by the time you kind of, like, really, like, digest that, and then you're looking at kind of, uh, like the opportunity, you know, it, he really shared like just, you know, the story of like a woman in her feet and like, you know, how she came uh, to the particular landfill and there just wasn't, uh, you know, like she didn't have anything at that point. But when she, you know, came there, she was able to basically, you know, create a job for herself. She created, you know, a business for herself out of plastic. Um, there was a couple there that, uh, you know, there was like, she was basically already, you know, like doing the collection center, like she had everything going, but, uh, you know, eventually like her husband got into it. And so, you know, now he's got his own business that's like collecting plastic and, you know, from there they're able to support their family. So I think it's like those stories like on the ground like that, that, you know, it's definitely on the social impact side, you know, it, you, you would never kind of like, you know, I guess imagine or know until you actually like kind of go and like, like talk to someone that's actually working there and 
you know, for me, that was, you know, really eye opening. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, I guess that was like last week this time, actually, you know, it's like when we were there. So, you know, it's, it's totally, uh, you know, something that we're excited about the fact that we can continue to do it because we'll be able to create, uh, you know, more opportunities and, uh, you know, from there impact more people. Yeah, when you go visit those places and you get on the ground as parts of your supply chain, I feel like there's an eye-opening moment. It's either going to make you stick closer to that supply chain member or it's going to make you walk and seek another. But it's so important for us as entrepreneurs, no matter what you're selling to the public, making, even if it's service providers, really understanding who all of your vendors are, who all those people are, because it keeps you, it can really keep the fire burning. If I'm going to use our analogies for you as an entrepreneur on, on the why, right? It really grounds you on the why of what you're doing and why you're picking those people. Without a doubt. It's, it's really, uh, you know, it's just kind of a fascinating kind of overall process, you know, to really like, like from start to finish. Um, and, you know, I'm not just saying that because I work at the company, but, you know, like seeing, seeing it kind of the evolution of it is, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's incredible now what, what can be done uh, through, you know, just internet and people that care and, you know, people that are basically, you know, brave and have courage to actually do it. So um, we're thankful. Yeah, and and you know, I think this is a wonderful place. Social enterprise in general, I think, is a wonderful place uh, to give yourself a good excuse to go explore those things, because we, you know, we are not always looking to find the least expensive uh, provider. Uh, you know, most social entrepreneurs, I think, if at least most that I've met of the thousands I've met and work with, that. Their, their, their why really is grounded and their why becomes stronger as they seek out different partners for their supply chain or service providers, any of those pieces. They're not, we're not always picking the least expensive. We're picking the folks that we feel we have a good relationship with and we can see this impact in their lives. I, I find, um, and I just wanted to pause on that, that you've been doing this and encourage anyone else who's out there listening to but don't be afraid uh, to be brave about the choices you make. If you feel it's right and a match for your company missionally, go ahead and do that. It paves the way cheapest and is, is sometimes what has caused some of our problems in this space. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always going to go back to the actual service or product. You know, I think from a, just a practical standpoint, right? Because the customer still wants to be served. Like they still want to have, you know, a product that is going to solve the problem that they initially had, whether that's, you know, carrying a bag or, you know, if it's a service that they need, it, it has to check the box of, you know, did it, did it actually do what it's supposed to do? But, you know, I think now it's like with the internet and just with, you know, more connected uh, communities, like I think we're just able to find out, you know, more quicker, faster. And, you know, that now, like it just leads to, asking why again, you know, like, why, you know, why does it have to be this way? Why, why is it, and and why does it have to be that way for this reason? And, you know, for that reason, why does it need to uh, continue to, you know, be the way it's always been? Like, so people are asking more questions. And uh, I think that brands or companies, you know, they definitely are starting to ask uh, more questions as well, which, you know, that's kind of how we, you know, got started. You know, we, we wanted to know, like, 
was there a different way to do this? Okay, well, this is a super great transition point because I just wanted to now start to toggle over to the bags themselves. And how did you land first at the very basic element of a bag opposed to another product? Yeah, so bags were basically the need. Um, you know, I, I was uh, working in banking. I you know, kind of you know, had done some sales and did, did good in sales and went back to get my MBA. I uh, was getting my MBA, kind of, you know, my health had, you know, not been the best. I mean, I was you know, trying to, you know, basically lose weight, you know, just be healthier. And I was drinking water. I saw that, you know, water bottles will quickly add up. Um, and from there, I was able to see that, you know, there was a lot of water bottles being thrown away, like billions of water bottles being thrown away every year and, you know, not necessarily going to a good place. Now, I still had time in the NBA where I was going to be traveling. So we were doing a global immersion. We were doing, uh, you know, one trip that we were going to Hong Kong, Shanghai. And we were also going to be going to uh, Athens and Madrid. And I wanted to have a bag that I could carry on the trip that would be, you know, kind of cool, kind of unique, something different. And, you know, when I looked for that, I really couldn't find it. So I decided that I would make it for myself. And when I did that, I had classmates that were also interested in the idea. So they pre-ordered the product from me. And I said, well, if I can actually, uh, you know, deliver this in six months, it's probably worth, like, actually making it into a, you know, a product that could be made, like, commercially. So from there, uh, that was how we kind of landed on bags. And you know, now we've kind of expanded to apparel because we can also make apparel from the same, uh, you know, fabric, which is made from recycled plastic. Um, we have shirts that are, you know, 50% plastic, 50% cotton. So, uh, you know, it's much, uh, much less water being used to uh, create. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it still supports the income opportunities. So great. So you have a bag and apparel. And what are all the pieces of apparel? We'll give them your website too at the end here, but you have t-shirts and you have, do you have other apparel? Yeah. So right now it's only basic shirts. You know, we figure if we can do one thing, let's just do one thing. Well, uh, we have crew neck shirts. We're just about to roll out V neck shirts. And then we have basic duffel bags right now. So that's our, that's our lineup. Uh, we will be introducing uh, some new products uh, by holiday of 2017. So we're excited about that. Uh, you know, but we're really just getting started. Um, you know, we did the Kickstarter, uh, you know, got the pre-orders out, you know, really have been kind of, you know, with like not full inventory levels yet. Like we really have just been, you know, kind of setting things up for the first time, really like designing, making sure that, you know, things are, are the way we, that we want them. And, uh, you know, listening to customer feedback, like early customers, like, bringing them in for, uh, you know, sessions and hearing from them and, you know, meeting the people that are making our products and, you know, learning more about how we can work better together. And, um, you know, that's our lineup for now, but uh, we're, we're really excited for, for the future. Yeah. And so who's your main buyer so far for the bag? So our buyers are online, you know, 99% of our, you know, shoppers are online. So, they sort of end up falling into an online savvy uh, customer profile uh, does skew uh, more female and uh, kind of skews, you know, I'd say 30 uh, to, you know, call it 43, 42, you know, somewhere okay. in that range. 
Um, but we have, you know, customers that are, you know, younger and customers that are older, you know, lots of, uh, you know, other social entrepreneurs uh, or uh, folks that work in uh, nonprofits. Um, so we have a kind of a wide, you know, we're, like our, our customer base is pretty wide represented from, uh, you know, like who we actually sell to. Well, is it was that surprising to you because you designed a bag for yourself that would work for you? Were you surprised it wasn't more men that bought them? You know, I I wasn't necessarily surprised because you know I, I kind of did some research. I mean, I saw that like you know women were like three times more likely to buy like a bag you know versus a man. Like you guys on average will buy like you know four in a year. Like if you average it out, like looking at the big data, but. Um, you know, where men were like, you know, once a year, if you really kind of think about it. But I figure that, you know, if we could just make a product that really spoke to, you know, a real specific person, you know, someone that just wanted a product that had a purpose that, you know, the rest of itself would kind of like work itself out. Like it wouldn't necessarily be uh, uh, kind of one of those things where, we're going to know exactly who the customers are, you know, on day one, like it's, that's really hard to do. But um, I did, you know, get surprised, I guess, from, you know, basically seeing the different cities that come in, you know, when the city orders come in, I'll, you know, see it and I'll say, well, you know, I'm thinking, I'm always thinking like, you know, do I know someone there? Or like, you know, that's someone, is that a friend of mine? But, uh, you know, it's been really cool and, you know, pretty neat just to see like, the whole thing get done and you know i'm constantly learning so that's why i made the career switch yeah and when when you came out of corporate life were you surprised was it easier i guess well let me think about what i'm really trying to ask you was it harder or easier than you thought to launch this i think it was probably i didn't really have a like a like too much of a you know, expectation about like the, the difficulty level. I, 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 my thing was just that I knew what my work ethic was. I knew I had worked really hard, you know, in my job and I knew I had worked really hard uh, in school. And, uh, you know, I'd also had worked in retail prior to this. So, you know, to me, it was like, it was more about like shifting the focus and really like kind of bearing a lot of the risk of, you know, how are you going to make sales and, you know, how are you going to, you know, produce and, you know, how are you going to build a team? Like all these things that like normally someone else had kind of thought about those things. Um, like in my career, like now I would be able to, you know, do it, but I wanted to continue to learn. So this was the way that I felt like I could learn the fastest. Um, you know, I can't really think of anything else I'd rather be doing. Uh, so that's how I knew it was the right thing to be doing, no matter how hard it's going to be. And, uh, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, my, my window for doing it was probably, you know, closing. So, uh, you know, I think that the timing, you know, is also a factor because, you know, uh, it just gets harder to, you know, do things. I think the more you wait. So, uh, you know, I went ahead and made the, made the leap. So, we we basically did three trunk shows at Bloomingdale's, two locations. Kind of just came from like pure word of mouth. You know, we're really a direct to consumer uh, brand at this point. Uh, you know, we're open to wholesale. But uh, you know, one of our customers had made an introduction for us, and you know, from there we basically kind of went to them, and you know, we met in their offices, and they you know gave us 
you know, uh, you know, the ideas about like what they thought about our products and, you know, they loved it. Uh, but they were trying to figure out, well, you know, from a support standpoint, like, like who would sell it? But that was kind of the question. So, you know, I came back to Virginia from New York and I, you know, did the Virginia Velocity tour and, you know, I just kind of thought about it. I'm like, why don't I just come in and I'll sell it? I'll, I'll be the support staff. I'll, you know, educate customers on, you know, what we're doing and, you know, I'll, I'll be the salesperson. So that's how it started. You know, it kind of started with an ask and, you know, um, from there, you know, you can kind of, you know, create opportunities. So, you know, um, I think it's, you know, great awareness for us and, you know, the top retailer in the world. So, I mean, for us, it's definitely like a, a win. And I know, uh, you know, working with a the team there has been great. So uh, we're looking forward to, you know, rolling out some new stuff with them. Well, shout out to Bloomingdale's. <laughs> Thanks that's, for right. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's good. You know, you spoke to something about, you know, relationships helped get you in. I, you know, we think often about the supply chain about our manufacturing or how we make our product or service with, as we did earlier in the interview. But then there's also sort of this supply chain into the marketplace to our customers, right? Sometimes it's a friend of ours. It's part of our network that's helping us as part of our sales supply chain. And sometimes if you think about supply chain towards your customer too, there's a whole set. It could be a network referral. It could be uh, the online world of, you know, the online e-commerce it could be walking into a place and cold calling your way into the marketplace but there's all these folks in the supply chain to your end customer too there's not just one way anymore it's it's heavily relational dependence still which is great for sure omni-channel and retail is you know what's happening you know there's a lot of a lot of shakeups happening in you know different parts of the of our world whether it's brick and mortar or you know, e-commerce and just being able to create relationships with customers. So, you know, we're, you know, we feel like it's a pretty exciting time to be kind of doing this type of work and it's probably never been a better time uh, for this type of, uh, you know, opportunity. So it's, you know, it's really, it's just, uh, you know, taking it one day at a time and, you know, really uh, understanding like what's happening in the moment and uh, trying to react to that and, uh, you know, not necessarily, you know, being, like already having a decision about something before, you know, you kind of get there. Right. Right. Well, that's a great uh, note to kind of wrap it up on how let's give the listeners how they would reach you. First of all, maybe give them your website and your places that you're on social media. Yeah. So our website, hamiltonperkins.com. Social media is all at Hamilton Perkins. So, Instagram is pretty much where we are. Um, you know, we're there. We're on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, I definitely would love to you know offer your audience a uh, just a discount code. Just to you know, love to have you come to our store and check it out. Um, it'll offer you ten dollars at checkout if you enter Bonfires in all caps. So B O N F I R E S. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear any reviews or love to hear what your thoughts are. So uh, feel free to reach out at HamiltonPerkins.com. 
Yeah, thank you for that discount code. Let's repeat that for the audience. So if any of the listeners or your friends go to hamiltonperkins.com, there is a discount, all capital letters, B-O-N, like Nancy, F like Frank, I-R-E-S like Sam, bonfires. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. I want to encourage everyone to go over to the website and, and check it out. And Hamilton, is there anything else you'd like to share about your journey with our listeners? Yeah, no, we just thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, you know, we're we're just getting started. You know, we're making, you know, travel bags, you know, offering them at an affordable price, trying to uh, hold the high standards of environmental performance, uh, accountability, transparency. Um, we've been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, The Washington Post, Money Magazine. Um, and we, you know, continue to, you know, expand our, our network through uh, the Internet. So, um, you know, we'd love to engage with, you know, anyone that even hears this, you know, leave us a comment, uh, you know, send us an email. We'd love to you know, hear how we're doing. So thank you so much. Yes, and thank you for being on here. We know we have a large pocket of listeners in Haiti, so right now, before we forget, we're going to give them a shout-out and let everybody know we're a, we're a big world, yet we're all small in this world of social enterprise. So thanks again, Hamilton. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you to Hamilton for the time and conversation. We wish you well. Also, a big thank you to all the incubators, accelerators, crowdfunding platforms, people and organizations that make social enterprises more successful. You are very important parts of our ecosystem. Okay, Assemble Sound of Detroit introduced me to this great band in Detroit called The Infatuations. You'll begin to hear a lot of music on this show from them. Here's a song from their album titled Detroit Block Party. And the song is titled, Tonight We Celebrate. Woohoo! Okay, until next time, keep those bonfires burning. What's up, everyone? If you came to party, you came to the right place. So what I need you to do is, uh, we have your partner. Get on the floor. Yo, Wolf, why don't you play a little something for the people? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to sing a little something for you. Get up! 